0: Again, take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 8, if you would. On this uh, Mother's Day 2023, Luke chapter 8. New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke. Third book of the New Testament, Luke chapter 8. i will speak to you in a sermon entitled, Take Care How You Hear. Take care how you hear Luke 8, 1 through 21. I want to reinforce what Pastor Ray said, what the Scripture says, that our Lord Jesus Christ did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. The friend of sinners. The Lord Jesus. He's a friend of sinners who changes sinners and doesn't allow sinners to remain sinners, but as we heard also to be transformed into saints who will one day be perfected through Jesus Christ. So Luke chapter 8, let me let me just let you into my mind for just a second and say, Why are we doing this passage today? I think that would be helpful to address for just 30 seconds. And we will see something that pertains to Mother's Day here. But that's not necessarily the main why as to Luke chapter 8. Let me give you in my mind why we're here today. And it's two verses from Hebrews 6. Of course, you don't have to turn there, but please listen to these verses. Uh, Last week we were looking at Hebrews 6, and you might remember it's a really naughty passage. You know, it's kind of tough. It says this in Hebrews 6, 7, and 8, For land that has drunk the rain that often falls on it and produces a crop useful to those for whose sake it is cultivated, receives a blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and thistles, it is worthless and near to being cursed, and its end is to be burned. I just wanted to share with you why this passage, uh, before we are about to read it here, and that was again Hebrews 6, 7, and 8, not to mention the verses that come before that. Luke chapter 8, verse 1. Look at this with me. Soon afterward, he, that is Jesus, went on through cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him. And also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Chuzah, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. Uh, Luke 8, verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell along the path. And when, verse 9, His disciples asked Him what this parable meant, He said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now go down to verse 16, please. For the the time being. Verse 16. No one, after lighting a lamp, covers it with a jar or puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made manifest, nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Take care then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. We're going through verse 21, verse 19 now. Then his mother, whose mother? Jesus. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. And you notice, even on this Mother's Day, right? You notice verse 21. And you see how it pertains to this Mother's Day. This is the word of the Lord, and we say thanks be to God for his word. If you're physically able, let's stand for prayer. Would you stand with me? Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, this is your word. And we are your people. We have gathered to worship you in a way that we cannot do on our own, even with our families. We can do in a special way that you have designed together as your church. And we thank you that what we read earlier is so true. First Timothy 3, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the pillar and buttress of truth. And so now we pray again, Lord, help us, keep us near the cross May we see Jesus in all of his glory as our example, as our Savior, as our Lord, as fully man, as fully God. Help us today with this passage. Give us ears to hear even now. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can have a seat. You've got your Bibles open to Luke chapter 8. I want you to notice the back end context. Notice the context at the end of our text, which would begin in verse 22. Notice verse 22 of Luke chapter 8. One day he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us go across to the other side of the lake. So they set out and as they sailed, he fell asleep and a windstorm came down on the lake And they were filling with water and were in danger. And they went and woke him saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. And he awoke and rebuked the wind and the raging waves and they ceased and there was a calm. He said to them, Where is your faith? And they were afraid. And they marveled saying to one another, Who then is this? that He commands even winds and water, and they obey Him. It's important for us to get the context there. It's not our focus today, verses 22-25. through 25, But it's still very important, nonetheless. As we begin here this morning, I want you to do something for me. I want everybody to do this. It uh, shouldn't take long. I want everybody to look at one of their ears. You would do that for me. I want everybody to look at one of their ears. Go ahead. Go ahead and do that. I've made it easy on you. I didn't say look at your ears. I just said look at one of your ears. And you cannot take your phone and put it in selfie mode. You can't do it that way. Because we all know the only way that you could do that is to look into a mirror. Today we're looking at Luke chapter 8 verses 1 through 21. Which at its heart, at its heart is the parable of the sower... And we want to think about this. Be careful how you hear. Pay attention to how you hear. Actually, we're going to see that Jesus himself says, look at your ears. In one sense, that's, that's kind of literally what he says. Look at the organ that allows you to hear. Pay careful attention to how you hear. I want you to listen to this. One of my old uh, professors, Tom Schreiner, shares this story, and I wonder what you make of it. Years ago, a young woman and her husband came to a Bible study I was leading. Two days after the Bible study, they visited our house for dinner, and she expressed a keen desire to become a Christian. I was hesitant because she knew so little about the Christian faith. Nevertheless, I concluded that I might be resisting the Holy Spirit, and one thing led to another, and, and she confessed Jesus as her savior that night in our living room. Tom Schreiner's leading this Bible study. He's not sure this lady is ready to follow Jesus as Lord, but he's worried he wants to, doesn't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. She she prays the prayer, she gets saved. I assured her after her conversion, confession of faith, that she was securely saved forever that nothing she did could remove her from the eternal life that was hers. Her husband shortly thereafter followed her in the same faith. Now listen, they both grew rapidly in the faith during the next year, and we were regularly involved in Bible studies with them. But a year after her conversion of faith, she changed dramatically. She decided to divorce her husband, quit attending church, and ceased going to Bible studies. I pleaded with her to at least go to counseling, but to no avail. All of this happened many years ago, and I have since lost all contact with her, though I do know there was no change of mind or repentance in the next 15 years. What do you make of that story? Tom Schreiner's looking back on that. And as you're going to see, he says, "This is I probably didn't handle that in the best way. I prayed the prayer with this lady in my living room. I told her, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. There's nothing that you could do to ever change that. You're good to go. He says, I told this new believer that she was saved no matter what she did. Is this a proper way to speak to new believers? When we look at the New Testament, when we look at the New Testament, what did the apostles say? What did the apostles and the early Christian teachers say? Here are two examples. Listen carefully. What did the early... Christian leaders say to new believers, listen, Acts 11.23, when Barnabas came and saw the grace of God, he was glad and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. Did you hear that? Barnabas saw these new believers. He was glad. He says this is evidence of the grace of God. And what did he say to them? He exhorted them to persevere with steadfastness. Acts 13.43 Acts 13.43 After the meeting of the synagogue broke up, many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, who as they spoke with them, urged them to continue in the grace of God. What? Urged them to continue in the grace of God. Now may the Lord help us to listen this morning to Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 21. Maybe especially if we feel like we know this passage. Now we looked not long ago at the parable of the weeds in Matthew 13. And it is related to this, but it's also different. This is the parable of the sower. Let me give you two things this morning. Let me give you two things. And the first one is this. Two things or two lessons The word of the Lord brings judgments. The word of the Lord Jesus brings judgment. Now, please listen to me this morning. Listen and look at the word and see if what I say matches up. The word of the Lord brings judgment. This is Luke 8, 4 through 10. Luke 8, 4 through 10. And when a great crowd was gathering, Luke 8 4, and people from town after town came to him. He said in a parable A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up, it withered away because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it and choked it. And some, 8-8, fell into good soil and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Do you know the parable of the sower? Do you know the parable? I venture to guess that many, if not most of you do. Here's the problem. It's not a problem, but here's the issue, is that uh, part of the reason that you feel like you may know it so well is because in the Bible, from Jesus, we're given the interpretation of the parable of the sower, right? We actually haven't read that yet. I'm purposefully leaving it for just a, just a bit down the road. But Jesus, in the Bible, explains to us what this means. What the meaning. And so, and so we might think, I know this parable. It is the parable of all parables. In many ways, it's the parable that explains all the other parables. But I'm saying, as I've said before, we need to taste it again for the first time. So please, do not let, as we say, familiarity breed contempt in this case. Do you really know the parable of the sower? Do you know it, actually? Before, remember, just... Uh, it, it'd be silly. It'd be silly for us to act like the interpretation's not in the Bible. And to somehow pretend like all we have is the parable. That's not what I'm saying that we should do. I'm not saying at all that we should ignore the interpretation. We need the meaning that Jesus gives in verses 11 through 15. However, let's start with the parable. And also realizing that those who heard did not have the explanation it was only later the disciples there's three s's there's a sower there's the seed and there's the soils right there's a sower and there's a the seed and there's a the soil soils and as the sower goes out to sow his seed he begins to sow his seed and some seed falls along the path and the seed that falls along the path is trodden underfoot it's trampled underfoot maybe like if you're at a at a golf event, and all these people are, are watching the players, and the golf course looks so pristine and so beautiful, but if you would look at where the patrons or where the where the paying customers have been walking, it's all brown, and it's all trampled underfoot, so some seed, some seed that the sower sows falls on the path, on the path. It's trampled underfoot, and the birds come and devour the seed, and then the sower sows, and some seed not only falls along the path, but it falls on the rock it falls on the rock or the rocky places and and it sprouts up but it's scorched and withered because it has no moisture it has no proper root and some seeds sown on the path and some seeds sown on the rock and then some seed is sown among thorns and and it too sprouts up but just as quickly as it sprouts up the thorns choke the seed and prevent it from bearing any type of true harvest The thorns choke it out and then some seed and then some seed falls on good soil and it bears even for what even for these farmers back in this day would have been a a, a wonderful crop. It bears a hundredfold. And Jesus says, He who has ears, let him hear. You know, these parables, which there are many of them, There's something about a story, right? Right? There's something about a story that just identifies with people and you you, uh, you start with a story and it draws people in. There's just something about a simple story that helps to illustrate a hard... You've got a hard truth and you just bring in a simple story that makes complete sense and that's not what the parables are. The parables are actually in one very real sense, words of judgment from the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to me. The parables are designed primarily to conceal, not to reveal. The parables are designed, among other things, to conceal, not as much to reveal. The word of the Lord Lesson number one, the word of the Lord brings judgment. The word of the Lord Jesus brings judgment. Please see this in the text. Please see this in the text, verse 9. And when His disciples asked Him what this parable meant, He said, to you, emphasis there, emphasis to you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others, they are in parables. So that seeing they may not see and hearing they may not understand. You think you know the parable of the sower, right? Because, because we don't discard at all the fact that the interpretation's in the Bible. And it's such an important parable and we've been Christians and we've been in the church, so we know it. But what if we don't have the interpretation? What if what Jesus is saying here, and is this not what the words mean in verses 9 and 10? Look at verse 10. To you, it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom. It would be like Ray was leading us in song. To you, it's been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God. But for others, they are in parables. And if you're tricking with what I'm saying when he says, but for others, they're in parables. Why? So that. So that they'll be confirmed in their hard-heartedness. which brings some perspective, doesn't it, to verse 4. And when a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, Jesus turned to his disciples and he says, guys, this is great. We've got a huge crowd here today. Let's, uh, let's do something fun. When a great crowd was gathering and people from town after town came to him, he said in a parable, because... The word of God is living and active, sharper than any two edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. And no creature is hidden from his sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. If you have received any revelation from the Lord, then act upon it, act upon it, look for more. For everyone who has, more will be given. But to those who do not have, even what they have will be taken away. How about Isaiah chapter 6? Don't turn there, but just listen. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. And later on, Isaiah says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here I am, send me. And He said, Go and say to this people, Keep on hearing, on hearing. But do not understand keep on seeing but do not perceive make the hearts of this people dull and their ears heavy and blind their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed Isaiah I want you to go and be a missionary I want you to speak the good news so that they will not turn to me and be saved this is not my opinion this is the plain teaching of the text. Is that the word of the Lord Jesus brings judgment in this context? In this context, it's in the context of widespread Jewish rejection on behalf, in particular, of the Jewish leadership, of the leaders, religious leaders of the Jews, Jewish rejection, much like in Isaiah's day. And Jesus himself was an unsuccessful preacher we might say, in one sense. The Word of the Lord brings judgment. The Word of the Lord Jesus Christ brings judgments. But not only that, the second lesson this morning is let's pay attention to how we hear. If you're, if you're trekking with me, that's, that's a bit of heavy stuff there. The Word of the Lord brings judgment. The parables can have different purposes. The parables are wonderfully instructive for believers. I love nothing else than the parables of Jesus. I love the parables of Jesus. They're wonderfully helpful for believers. One of the purposes, one of the main purposes for the world, for those who have hardened their hearts, is to keep them going in blindness. That's what the text says. But for believers, let's pay attention to how we hear. Let's pay attention to how we hear. This is the second lesson this morning. I asked you earlier to please look at one of your ears. And that's why I say let's pay attention to how we hear. It's actually in verse 18. I think this is the key sentence. This is the key sentence. Take care then how you hear. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks that he has will be taken away. Take care then how you hear. Literally, Jesus is saying, see, see, look, look at your organ of hearing. Look at your ears. Take care how you hear. Kent Hughes talks about, he's one of my favorite pastors. Kent Hughes talks about, he's, he spent so many decades in ministry and he's seen so many things, he says, from his vantage point on the stage from the pulpit he talks about how he's seen people who've nodded off and hit their head on the pew in front of them he's seen so much sleepiness in the in the churches that he's preached to for decade after decade he says one of my associates was sitting on stage behind me and and fell asleep and dropped the hymnal uh, to, to where to the obvious uh, everybody knew what was going on he said i've heard uh, uh, I've seen a woman uh, or a man sleeping and his wife Uh, nudge him and he was one of the leaders in the church and he stands up and starts to pronounce the benediction out of nowhere. He said, I've heard all these things and he said, the thing that bothers me, he said, people have hard weeks. People live hard lives. Some people, they may not have even had a hard week, but they just sit down and they get tired. We get it. Kent Hughes says, I get it. He said, I'm not so worried about people sleeping in church. He said, the thing that concerns me is people being in church week after week after week. And Jesus says here, oh, this nice little parable that we all know, he says, pay attention to how you hear. Pay attention to how you hear. He says, the thing that concerns me most is not that people might fall asleep in church. There's many reasons why that might happen and some of them may be (laughs) completely legitimate. It's that we would be exposed to the Gospel and to the Word of God and to Jesus Christ, the Savior of sinners, over and over and over again. And as it's been said, these four soils spoken of here are are representative of gospel listeners throughout all the world at all times, and that would include over the past 13 years at Crossway Church of Goldsboro. Let's pay attention to how we hear. Look at how, on this Mother's Day, look at how He speaks about women and mothers. Look at how He speaks about women and mothers and we'll notice the very end of the passage and then the very beginning of it. Would you notice that with me? We'll do a wrap around. We'll notice the very end and then the beginning. He talks about women and mothers. Notice in verses 19 through 21 what he has to say about his own family members. Notice what Jesus has to say about his own family members. Then his mother and his brothers came to him, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. And he was told, your mother and your brothers are standing outside. Why why is that important? Because maybe even more so in that context, it would have been rude. It would have been totally appropriate to make room for them and to allow them to come up close to their son, their brother, your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. And and here is where here is where we do have one instance where Jesus sins, right? Because he's so callous. No, not of course not. It may strike us as it should. It should strike us. Verse 21. Look at it. But he answered them, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Friend, is that you this morning? On this Mother's Day, are you a mother of Jesus? Are you a brother of Jesus? We are thrilled for Mother's Day. The Bible doesn't put mothers on a special footing just because they're mothers in the kingdom of God. It doesn't do it for men in the kingdom of God just because they're men. It doesn't do it for women in general just because they're women. No, there's an equal footing because we're all sinners in need of redemption. He says in verse 8, are you noticing it there? Verse 8, uh, chapter 8, verse 21, I'm sorry. Chapter 8, 21, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. Notice the primacy given to the word of God. The great and supreme importance assigned to the word of God. It's all about the word of God. The word of God. He's going to tell us in a, he's going to tell us in a few minutes. The seed is the word of God. Everything in your life Everything in your life for now and for eternity is determined by how you respond to the Word of God. The Word of God divides people. The Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. It cuts. On one hand, the Word of God cuts and it heals believers. And on the other hand, the Word of God cuts and judges unbelievers. Everything in your life depends on your response to the Word of God. My mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. We thought about lesson one, the word of the Lord Jesus brings judgment. We're in the middle of thinking about lesson two. Let's pay attention to how we hear. Let's pay attention to how we hear. Do the wraparound with me. Go back to one through three. As I was studying, I thought this was so helpful that I learned one of Jesus' lessons in verse 15 is going to be that there are true believers. Listen to me. Uh, Jesus is going to teach us that there are many who are what we might call pretenders, but there are true believers. And that's what 19 through 21 and 1 through 3 is 19 through 21. Look at the text, and one through three represent the true congregation. The true congregation who respond to the word of God. Soon afterward, verse one, he went on through cities and villages proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Does anybody hear this morning? Does anybody here this morning happen to have a past? Anybody? You don't have to raise your hand. Does anybody here this morning just happen to have a past? Well, look at these women. Some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities. Mary, called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had, had gone out. And Joanna, the wife of Cousa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna and many others who provided for them out of their means. It's a beautiful passage. As I say, nineteen through twenty one and one through three are the are the bookends, and they represent they represent the true believers. There's there's many pretenders in this world. There's many pretenders who even look like they look like true believers, but then there are there is the real deal. The website, the Gospel Coalition, would tell our church and would tell me that we need to be doing a better job of focusing on equipping women to teach the Bible. And in the way that that article was recently written, I'm not at all sure that that's biblical. I am quite sure that this passage right here, before we quickly move past it, is beautiful. I am quite sure that even though these women are certainly not apostles, they're not preaching, Jesus is the one proclaiming and bringing the good news. I am sure that this is a beautiful passage. We see these women later at the end, we might say, at the end, at the most important time, the cross and the resurrection, and these women aren't a model for us as they're providing for him out of their means. Let's pay attention to how we hear but there's one thing that we have not focused address that is crying out for our attention. We haven't even read it. And it's the meaning of the parable. Look at me. Let me remind you very quickly. A sower went out to sow his seed and in different soils, right? A sower went out to sow his seed. Some fell along the path and it was trampled underfoot and the birds came and devoured it. And some fell on the rock and... And it sprang up and it, and it withered very quickly and the sun scorched it because it had no moisture. And some fell among the thorns and it also sprang up, but the thorns very quickly choked it out uh, so that it bore no fruit. And then some, S-S-S, some that the sower seed sowed among the soils, the sower and the seed and the soils, some that he sowed fell among uh, the good soil and it produced even a hundredfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And Jesus gives us the explanation. Listen, what's the meaning of this? What's the meaning of the parable? Look at verse 11. Look at this. Verse 11. Now, the parable is this. Well, I think it means this. And what do you think it means? Stop it. The parable is this. The seed is the word of God. The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Friends, Satan is real. Verse 13, And the ones on the rock are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but they have no root. They believe for a while. Did you hear what he said? They receive it with joy. These have got to be believers, regardless of what is said about them later. We say maybe these have got to be believers and Dale Dale Ralph Davis is correct in saying, where do you get that? Where from the Bible do you get saying that Jesus is teaching that these are true believers? They believe for a while and in time of testing, fall away. Verse 14, And as for what fell among thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Path, rock, thorns, good soil, verse 15. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Jesus tells us the meaning of the parable. The parable itself is given in 5-8 through and Jesus explains the meaning. I I don't have to say much else. Jesus tells just the meaning. I would say Satan is real. Some people believe for a while and even have joy some people believe for a while and even have joy. Listen to me, that's not good enough. I'm not saying that's not good enough because you've got to do something more to get That's not the teaching. I'm not saying you got to do something more, that's not good enough. That's not good enough because it's not true saving faith. What we are in need of in a fallen world, we are in need of a faith that perseveres. We are in need of a persevering Faith, and therefore we need to pay attention to how we hear. Dear friend, you will be judged not because they're my sermons. Forget that. You will be judged by how you listen to the message of Jesus Christ, how you respond to Jesus. What will you do with Jesus? What will you do with the Word of God? He is fully man and He's fully God. He's a He's asleep in the boat. Verses 22-25, He's asleep, He wakes, He calms the storm. The disciples are afraid. Who is this? He's the Son of Man and He's the Son of God. He's the One who laid down His life for sinners. He's the One who every single Gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, ends with the climax. And what's the climax? The perfect life and then the substitutionary death and resurrection of the Lord. What will you do with the Lord Jesus? You will be judged according to how you hear. Many, many people are distracted by the cares of the world. Many people are distracted by the cares of this life. Riches, pleasures, they're distracted all the way to hell. So what matters... It's grace-based perseverance. Perseverance and bearing fruit with patience. Let's pay attention to how we hear. I heard this quote this week. I loved it. There are two kinds of people in this world. The kind of people who divide the world into two kinds of people and the kind who do not. That's a great quote. And you're sleeping on me. There are two kinds of people in this world. The kind of people who divide the world up into two kinds of people and the kind that don't. And of course, in our world, we might say, hey, Let's be better people. Let's be good people. We don't want to divide the world up into two kinds of people. I think Jesus divided the world up into two kinds of people. There's only two ways to live. And you look at this text this morning and say, hey, maybe Jesus divided up the world into four kinds of people, right? The path. No, no, I don't think he divided them up into four kinds of people. There are four soils. There's only two responses. There's only two ways to live, friend. Only two ways to live. There is the fourth soil, and then there's all the other soils. There's the fourth soil, and then there's soils one through three. Fourth soil hears, obeys, perseveres, stays with Jesus to the end. Soils one through three. Lots of different responses. Joy, this is great. Man, this church is great. Man, this, uh, yeah. Here's the world. Thorns. Friend, look in the mirror. Please look in the mirror. Please, the mirror is the Word of God. What do you see? How will you respond to the Lord Jesus? Verse 16. Verse 16. No one after lighting a lamp covers it with a jar, puts it under a bed, but puts it on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. For nothing is hidden that will not be made that will not be made manifest. Nor is anything secret that will not be known and come to light. Before we close, could you go ahead and close, and could you tell me what this whole thing's been about? Yeah, I'll tell you. It's Luke eight one through twenty one. It's the parable of the sower. It's pay attention to how you listen. Pay you, pay attention to how you, it's 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 verse eighteen. Verse eighteen is it? That's it. Take. Hear then how you hear, for to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he thinks he has will be taken away. Davis says, there was a city-bred fellow who bought a farm and several milk cows. When he was in the feed store one day, he lamented that his best cow had gone dry. The guy at the store asked if he was feeding her right. The man said that he fed her what the store owner had sold him. Well, city boy who just bought a farm, are you milking her every day? Yeah, just about. If I need six or eight ounces of milk for breakfast, I go out and get it. If I don't need any, I don't get it. I just let her save it up. The city fellow had to be told that it didn't work that way. And Davis says, that's the way it is with Jesus' truth. You don't dare play around or piddle with it or manipulate it at your convenience. Rather, you need to lay hold of all you can if you want more. If you want more, you need to lay hold of all you can. Father, we thank you for the parable of the sower. We thank you for Luke's version, if we may call it that. We thank you for Luke's version of the parable of the sower and for the context that he gives. Help us to respond, Lord Jesus, to what you say. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Help us to pay attention to how we hear. Help us to know on this Mother's Day that mothers do not, All go to heaven because they're mothers. But as Jesus said, my mother and my brothers are those who hear the word of God and do it. So Lord, have mercy upon us. Have mercy. Thank you that you do not deal with us, your people, according to our sins, but according to your great grace and mercy, you call us saints. You invite us to approach you boldly with confidence. Jesus, keep us near the cross, we pray. Amen.